Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. During this holiday time of year, charitable giving seems to come to the forefront, but there's a lot of good being done in our communities throughout the year. And we hope to encourage that good by spotlighting several nonprofit groups on the program today. We especially invite you to highlight a nonprofit you admire and support. We'll be talking to representatives from Sunshine Terrace Foundation, Lowe's and Fishes, Global Village Gifts in Logan, all those in Logan, Wabi Sabi in Moab, the Salt Lake City Mission, and the Utah Food Bank. Uh, those organizations were chosen almost at random. There, there's so much, so many good groups around. Uh, and the point is, we want to highlight the good that's being done, and especially, I would love to hear from you. Uh, highlighting, putting a spotlight on. We're opening the uh, phone lines here and uh, hoping that you'll spotlight your favorite group. Uh, here are the ways you can respond to the program. You can uh, join us by email to upraccess at gmail.com, upraccess at gmail.com. On Twitter, at Utah Public Radio. You can join us on our Utah Public Radio Facebook page, and you can uh, join us on telephone. The number is 1-800-826-1495. 1-800-826-1495. Here's your chance to uh, to plug away some, some free air time here. So we welcome in uh, with us uh, Amy Anderson from the uh, Sunshine Terrace Foundation. Good morning, Tom. Uh, thank you for coming in. You're welcome. And uh, Michelle Welch from uh, Lowe's and Fishes, an organization Logan joins us. Thanks. Good morning. Thanks for having us. We were talking before we went on the air. I'll start with you, Amy Anderson, um, that, uh, as I mentioned in the open, uh, charitable giving goes up, I, I think, right? Uh, people think about it this time of year. Absolutely. And, and you'll also see that many organizations do mount fundraising drives. You get your mailbox is full, not just with the Christmas cards from family and friends, but also with requests for donations from organizations, not only locally, but from around the, around the country. Uh, so this is a big time of year for a lot of organizations. Uh, some organizations I know raise a bulk of their funds during this time of year. Very much so. I mean, Sunshine Terrace itself always has an annual fund drive, which we mailed out last week to all the residents that have received care from us over the last years. Um, our vendors, anyone who's had a connection with our organization, you know, Sunshine Terrace, over its life of 66 years, has housed over 6,000 people. Um, and I think as we go through the community, almost everybody we run into has a story of a grandparent or a parent or a neighbor or a friend who's received support and love from the staff at Sunshine Terrace, either in our skilled nursing facility, in our assisted living, with our home health and hospice, or in our outpatient rehab program. Mm. A lot of good services there. Uh, so... Um Michelle, let me bring you in. I guess uh, uh, the opposite side of that would be once people get through Christmas and the new year, maybe that giving goes down. Yes, actually, um, we've heard that different organizations, especially even the food pantry, their donations actually go down after the holidays. And so they have a very thin period through the spring. And so it's very important to uh, remember those kinds of uh, places that are helping people in need throughout the entire year. Mm. And so I, I guess we are maybe contributing to the problem here. We're, we're spotlighting this during the time of year when people actually, we should be doing this program in the spring. Maybe we'll return to this. Well, I know, but people are, people are very receptive. I mean, the holidays are a time of giving from celebrating all the gifts that we have at Thanksgiving to those people who celebrate different holidays here in December. I don't think it's a bad time of year to remind yeah. people that need goes on year round. Right. And, um, 
we, I know, experience at Sunshine Terrace, um, many volunteers come and help provide service to our to our clients. Um, we're overwhelmed in December with offers of musicians and dancers and things like that. And then come February, March, April, it definitely does um, become more difficult to fill those mm-hmm. slots to enrich the lives of the people that we care for. So absolutely, our need is 24-7, 365 days a year. Yeah. Well, let me uh, uh, mention the phone line uh, again, 1-800-826-1495. I'd really love to hear about uh, an organization you especially admire and support in your community. And you can join us uh, on the telephone, 1-800-826-1495. Just a couple of minutes of free airtime here to plug your organization. And you give the contact information. We'll, we'll put contact information for all the organizations on our website as well. Uh, you can join us uh, via Twitter to uh, uh, where we are at Utah Public Radio. You can join us on Facebook as well. And our email is upraxcess at gmail.com. Sean uh, from uh, Moab, uh, let's see. Sean is the director of the Center for Civic Engagement and uh, Service Learning, Utah State University. And uh, he said, I would like to spotlight our friends at Youth Garden Project in Moab. It's a great grassroots organization serving hundreds of kids with the great annual Pumpkin Chuckin Festival. Yes, we're aware of the Pumpkin mm-hmm. Chuckin Festival. Uh, so thanks for that. And the place to go is youthgardenproject.org. That's youthgardenproject.org. So thanks, Sean, for spotlighting the Youth Garden Project in uh, Moab. You can spotlight your organization here at 1-800-826-1495 or upraxis at gmail.com. So let me turn specifically, uh, Amy, give us some more on Sunshine Terrace Foundation, what you do and how people can help. Well, one of our great needs at Sunshine Terrace is a financial need. Um, In 1999, Sunshine Terrace Foundation provided about $700,000 in uncompensated care. Last year, we've provided almost $2 million. So that increase is a very difficult burden for us to bear. Um, about 50% of our beds are Medicaid patients. And on each Medicaid patient, we have a gap of $35 per day. So not only do we need volunteers to come and help enrich the lives of people, but we definitely need financial contributions for people just to help bridge that gap. As I mentioned earlier, almost anyone you meet has had a family member or a relative that has received care from Sunshine Terrace. And although we would love for everybody to age in place, Every family hits that point where at some point in time they have need for care outside of their home. And Sunshine Terrace has been here for 66 years providing that to our community. We are a nonprofit. I think one thing many people don't understand about Sunshine Terrace is we're actually owned by the community. Mm-hmm. We don't have an owner. We have a board of directors that's that's nominated and appointed and elected that are members of our community. So what happens at Sunshine Terrace is governed and directed by the community at large. So we truly, truly are a community-based organization. Yeah, I think when I think Sunshine Terrace Foundation, I think about going down as part of a musical mm-hmm. group or visiting or whatever it is, but but you can definitely use financial Absolutely, we donations. can use some financial okay. donations. Uh, how do people contact you? They can contact us at 752-0411, which is the general switchboard for Sunshine Terrace. And they can ask to speak to Alta Markison, who is our director of development, and she can help them identify the best way for them to give a gift to Sunshine Terrace Foundation. Okay. And we will have this information on our website at the conclusion of the, the program as as well. Um, let me turn uh, over to Michelle Welch. 
loaves and fishes. And I should point out Sunshine Terrace Foundation. Sunshine Terrace is in is in Logan. It is. We're at 248 West, 300 North, the corner of 200 West and 300 North in Logan. It's been our location for quite a long time. Yes, yes, it has. <laughs> Before we go to you, Michelle, I understand we have Jeanette Vaught on the phone, uh, Utah Food Bank. Um, and Jeanette is a development officer. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so we're highlighting um, great organizations uh, in uh, Utah, giving uh, giving you a chance to, to plug away and, and solicit help. So uh, tell us about Utah Food Bank. You know, the Utah Food Bank is an interesting um, organization in that we are responsible for the entire state of Utah, and we partner with entities that are helping to fight hunger. So think of Utah Food Bank as kind of the wholesaler. The product comes to our location. We distribute it free of charge and free of delivery charge to 134 pantries and agencies across the state of Utah, who then in turn distribute food to families or individuals who are faced with challenges of hunger. And uh, uh, how many again? How many food pantries? 134 pantries are in our partner agencies. Wow, uh, and agencies throughout Utah. So a lot of need there. There is a lot of need. About 16% of the population of Utah are challenged with what we call food insecurity, and that basically means they don't know for sure that they will have three meals today. And, you know, it's 144,000 people, and and from that, you know, one in five are children. So even though the economy is improving and folks are getting back to work and we're seeing a change nationally, Utah still is challenged with hunger. Uh, we were talking before you came on the air uh, about the fact that it's, it's uh, can be there can be cycles in giving, and this time of year usually people think about it. And maybe there's a, a greater need in the spring. Do you see that as well? We do. You know, everyone has that holiday giving, and we we love the phrase "tis the season." But for us as an organization, June, July, and August really are our challenge months. Um, children can participate in the breakfast and lunch program in their school. That school year ends in May, and then those kids are home for 90 days, usually in a scenario where parents are away and working. So the grocery bill goes up because those two meals aren't being provided out of the home. And so families really do struggle statewide um, for that 90-day window that we refer to as summer. So do you, uh, how do people give? They give to Utah Food Bank, give to the local pantry. What, uh, what's the best way to, to give? You know, a variety of ways. The three things we ask for, of course, are food, time, and money. Here at the Utah Food Bank, uh, food donations are, are greatly accepted. As I say, those are distributed by truck to those pantries. Uh, time is huge for us. The volunteer process helps us meet our business objectives. Last year, we had about 98,000 hours of volunteer time. We love people to come and join us again anytime during the year, but the summer we have great need. And then money is great for us because we have the ability then to look at our inventory use those dollars that come to us and we can can buy the product we need but we also have great buying power for every dollar you would spend i can turn that into seven dollars and sixty cents worth of, of goods and services which means better buying power deep discount uh, we buy at such high volume and then we have the ability to organize um, opportunities to have that delivered free of charge so we can incorporate that in-kind donation so um you know food and time are very important but money does help us do what we need to do mm. How, how best to contact Utah Food Bank? You know, utahfoodbank.org is our webpage. Those three icons of food, time, and money are on that front page. You can look at uh, of those and see which of those would be easiest for you to do for us. But that webpage really is the opening portal for you to start in your join, uh, joining us in, in that fight. All right. Thank you so much. We've been talking with uh, Jeanette Vaught, Development Officer, Utah Food Bank. Thank you. Thanks for all thank, you do. Thank you, and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank mm-hmm. you. Bye. 
You can join us at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. Via email, you can join us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter, at Utah Public Radio. We are uh, throwing open uh, our uh, our airwaves to uh, to your personal plug of the organization that you would like to support. Spotlight your organization. We'd uh, love to have you do that uh, and uh, tell us how to contact and help that organization. We just want to keep it a nonprofit. Uh, so let's turn to Michelle Welch. Uh, to another great organization in Logan is Loaves and Fishes. Tell us what Loaves and Fishes does. So Loaves and Fishes, our mission statement is that the Loaves and Fishes community meal brings our diverse community together around a common table to provide a meal twice a month that nourishes body and spirit through relationship, service, and fellowship. By building partnerships, Loaves and Fishes welcomes and empowers all. Our first holiday meal was December of 2010. Um, We've actually grown to where we have two meals a month every first and third Saturday. Um, We serve about 135 meals uh, at First Presbyterian Church and then uh, about 50 to-go meals as well. Our Thanksgiving meal that we had November 15th, we served 375 people. Wow. And we expect this Saturday's meal to be well over 200 Mm. people. So the holiday meal is probably bigger. Yes, the whole, the rest of the year. right, even for volunteers like we've been talking about. In fact, we have so many volunteers for this meal, it, we're almost turning people away. Hmm. We do have other needs, though. Um, we, we need volunteers more on a permanent basis, not just for at the meals, but helping us with community outreach, um, helping us with preparing the meals, being a chef, uh, marketing, distributing, accounting. We also like to provide the meals that are extra special. We normally get our, our donations from the food pantry here in Cache County, and then also the LDS Bishop Storehouse. But we also like to provide the meals that are special. One meal that we had, we had salmon. And that's not something that... Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's a very expensive meal, but normally we're not able to provide those. So different kinds of foods um, that people are not maybe used to eating all the time. The way we look at the meals is that, you know, they're coming to your house. They're coming to your house, and so we want to serve them with something that not only nourishes their body, but also nourishes their body and spirit. Mm. Another way of volunteering is just coming to the meals. Even if you can't serve the meal, come and sit with our participants, get to know them, um, build that community and fellowship. So this is uh, first and third Saturday? Yes. At the First Presbyterian Church in Logan? Yes. And as you mentioned, not only the, not only the meal is important to your mission, the, the community. The community is very important. In fact, we're only as good as our volunteers. So we love our volunteers. In fact, um, we have such a diversity of volunteers that come together to serve the meal from different walks of faith backgrounds. And this right there shows how how diverse our community and how wonderful our community here in Cache Valley are. We have some wonderful people. The meals are from 1130 to 1. Um, normally, when we have volunteers come to do a meal, they're anywhere from 9 a.m. on Saturday all the way till 2, 2 o'clock. But to come and eat a meal, it's 11.30 to 1 p.m. How can people help? How do they contact you? So we have a Google phone number, which is uh, 414-0340. We also have a Facebook page, Loaves and Fishes Community Meal. And then our email address is loavesandfishescv at gmail.com.
And this information will be up on our website uh, as as well. So people can help by coming serving. They can come help by just participating in the meal. Yes, and also entertainment. Um, This meal, we're going to have Santa. We're going to have some entertainments. We've actually had people come and provide gift bags. Um, so, and that can happen throughout the entire meal, obviously not Santa, but throughout the year, you know, entertainment, helping with, uh, you know, being a chef. We also need some items like knives, you know, we need some more forks, you know, paper towels, just Mm -hmm. little things like that. So there is, we do have a need. Mm. Uh, do you you accept financial donations? What do you? We do. Yeah, we are a 501c3. And so we, uh, will take in-kind donations as well as cash. Yeah, it's it's a great community um, event. It happens uh, twice a month uh, in Logan. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking with uh, Global Village Gifts. That's another great organization in Logan. Uh, we're going to go to Moab later in the program. Wabi Sabi, that's an organization I had not been familiar with. Um, as I said, the organization were chosen almost by random. I, I asked my producers, just go out and find me some some great organizations, um, and and they found Wabi Sabi and Moab. And uh, we'll finish uh, later in the program with Salt Lake City Mission, which is uh, a great uh, organization which provides help to the homeless in uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, so uh, back to uh, Amy Anderson, so Sunshine uh, Terrace Foundation. It's been around for how long? We've been in existence for 66 years. Wow. Yeah, it, the original location was actually up near the original Logan Regional Hospital, up um, over near the near the temple. And we, but we've been in our permanent location now, two hundred west, three hundred north for for many years. Uh, we have about one hundred regular, long term, and skilled rehab beds. We also have an outpatient rehab and fitness center, which actually I personally know Michelle has taken advantage as as she's had to rehab herself from a knee. So we do. Our primary focus is serving the elderly here in the community and their families, but we also do provide services for people who are, we call them 40 and finer at at our fitness center. Um, But yeah, Sunshine Terrace, I think, is a really integral part of the community. We provide care when families can't, and we provide it as family. I'm always impressed when I walk through our facility to see the love and care that our staff provide to people. And also, you know, we on average have about 50,000 hours of volunteers that come in either just reading to people, entertaining, um, talking often about important topics to them, educating people. It's very easy sometimes to assume that because someone is now in a long-term care facility that their life um, no longer has value or meaning. Um, And so bringing in people to talk and learn just because you're 80 years old doesn't mean you can't learn something. Mm -hmm. So that is a way we enjoy having volunteers come in and talk about things that they're passionate about. We've had beekeepers come in, cheese makers, uh, farmers come in and talk about how they uh, produce their crops, how they manage their farms. You know, people still are anxious to learn, to grow, no matter what age they are. And so that is another wonderful way that people can help volunteer at Sunshine Terrace. Great. Great. You can go down and, and share your expertise. We bring on now Beth from Global Village Gifts in uh, Logan. Beth, welcome to the program. Thanks, Tom. Good morning. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, So we're spotlighting some great uh, nonprofits uh, around Utah and encouraging listeners to uh, call in 1-800-826-1495 with uh, Spotlight, your organization. Uh, You can join us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. And you can uh, join us on Twitter. We're at Utah Public Radio. So, Beth, tell us, uh, Global Village Gifts, what, what do you do? Well, here at Global Village, we're a fair trade nonprofit, and we're actually the only one in the state. 
and we're right here in Cache Valley. Um, we love our Cache Valley community, and we're, we're grateful to be here. What we do is we help create sustainable jobs and alleviate poverty around the world for marginalized people. And we do that by selling their handmade crafts in our store by, by almost an entirely volunteer staff. Um, so when you purchase something from Global Village, you help support the artists that created it, and you help them to have a fair, livable wage in their community. Um, at Global Village, we like to say, think global, shop local. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, we've also decided to give back to our local community who helps support us. And so that's why on Saturday, December 20th, a portion of all our sales will go to the Cash Community Food Pantry. And that Saturday, we'll also be having a food drive in our store, and customers can bring in a non-perishable item and receive a discount on their purchases. Okay, so that's Saturday, December 20th. Yes, from 10 to 6. From 10 to 6. I'm writing this down so we can get this on our website um, afterwards. Uh, so that's that's a great thing, uh, giving back yeah. to the the local community. Uh, give me an example, Beth, if you would, of uh, you know someone from a different country, a needy person, or yeah. someone who needs an opportunity. You can help. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, it's such a great place to shop because not only do you find unique gifts, but they all have a story with them. And how often do we shop and we don't know the name of the person who who we're getting something from or, you know, where it came from. But um, as some really good examples, we have these beautiful handmade cards from the Philippines. They're made on handmade paper. And they, they're um, created by women who have escaped sex trafficking in the Philippines. Each one is signed by the woman who created the card. And every time you purchase one, it helps provide a job for these women so that they can support their families and, and stay out of that you know, awful business. Um, another example, um, which is great for Cash Valley because it's so cold, we have this beautiful knitwear that comes to us from Bolivia and Peru, scarves, mittens, hats, slippers. And this is made by a project that employs 100 knitters, and they're all from indigenous communities. Uh, you know, these communities are regularly economically marginalized. But through fair trade, the knitters are able to live in their community, practice their customs, and preserve their traditions and their way of life, and still make a fair livable wage. So it's just a great place to shop to get a unique gift that has a story. We say gifts that give back, because not only do you get a beautiful gift, but it has a story, and it's helping really alleviate poverty worldwide by creating um, sustainable jobs for people in third world countries. So this is connects in with the fair trade uh, movement all over the world. Yes, absolutely. We're part of the Fair Trade Federation, and they, we have nine principles that all of our, all of the things that we have in the store are produced under. Um, some of those, just to touch on, um, you know, men and women are paid equally. They're paid a fair, livable wage. Um, no child labor is used. They have safe, clean working conditions, and they use resources very responsibly. Those are just um, some of of, of the principles, but all of the products that we sell are created with those with those principles, you know, adhered to. So you can feel very good um, and conscientious about the gift that you're getting. Uh, so how to how to contact? But uh, you, obviously, you can come into the store if you're uh, if you're in Logan. How do, how do you contact you otherwise? Yes, we're well. We're located at 69 East, 100 North, and we're right here in Logan, north of the Tabernacle. We're open every day, noon to six. Um, but we also have a wonderful website, Global Village Gifts. 
org, and you can contact us through their website. We're constantly looking for new volunteers. And a great way to support Fair Trade is to shop Fair Trade, of course, but another great way is to um, volunteer in our store. We have wonderful volunteers, and uh, it's just a really fun atmosphere to, to, to be in. So you can um, check out our website. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, very worthwhile. Thank you, Beth. Appreciate it. And I have Thanks, to say, oh, oh, go I, ahead. Michelle. I really enjoy shopping at Global Village because they have such unique gifts, and it's so easy to go in there and find just that something special, especially for the Christmas season. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, so, yeah, very worthwhile, and uh, thanks, Beth. Appreciate that. Thank you. Bye. So we are uh, highlighting um, worthy uh, nonprofits in in our communities uh, today, uh, and if you have. Uh, an organization that you would like to highlight, we would love to have you do that. Uh, here's the way to reach us, 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. You can reach us by email uh, to upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio, also on Facebook. Um, so here is Ryan, who has emailed in. CME.org is an organization that's spelled S-E-E-M-E. CME.org is an organization founded by USU Emeritus Professor Bill Grenny. For the past 10 years, he has led groups of volunteers to work in orphanages in Uganda. CME uh, stands for Sustainable Engineering, Education, and Economics. We have built schools, installed solar panels, provided clean water access, given microloans to women to start uh, sewing businesses, provided seminars on health and maturation for girls and women, trained teachers, provided books and educational materials, and built dormitories for over 3,000 children. Local churches, schools, and departments of environmental engineering and communicative disorders and deaf education at USU have participated in these endeavors. To find out more, go to seeme.org and contact Bill Grenny. So that's Ryan. Um, so thanks for that. That sounds like a very worthwhile organization. We'll get that on our website as well so you can support uh, that organization. You can uh, spotlight uh, the organization you especially support by uh, going online to upraxis at gmail.com. Email us, upraxis at gmail.com. You can call us at 1-800-826-1495, and we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. Uh, Amy Anderson, I wonder, it a possible downside of this, because we spotlight a lot of organizations, is you maybe just get um, paralyzed with all the need that's out there. It's very true. I think one benefit of living in Cache Valley that I found over the last 10 years that I've been here, though, is the generosity of this community is beyond measure, not only from a financial standpoint, but also in that ability to see a need, step in and fill it. Um, I feel privileged to be also involved with the Loaves and Fishes Community Meal, which really was a grassroots organization that started up. Um, all of the people on the board kind of came together from different walks of life, not knowing one another, but had that same passion for seeing that need of people in food poverty and wanting to do something to get together and, and help. So you're right, we can feel overwhelmed with the need that we see. But if we take what we love and what we care about and turn that into um, an effort, it, it, it's effortless. Mm -hmm. It's really effortless when you're giving to something that you care about. Good. It's effortless when you when you give. And I guess, Michelle, you just choose something. Just just do something. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, it, we have so many different people that have different talents, um, that can spend a 
different amount of time, even money, you know. I mean, I'm amazed at um, the state of Utah and, and, you know, how we're able to come forward and just really give of ourselves. And it's in that giving that we actually really receive. You know, loaves and fishes, it's, it's a big meal and it's a lot of people that come through. But it doesn't feel like you're working mm-hmm. because you receive so much good out of it and you get to meet so many different people. I can now drive down the street and recognize people that I've seen at the meal and I love it because yeah, they're my neighbors. It's a real community effort, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Uh, so my producer says we need to take a break. I got so involved in this, <laughs> having so much fun, I forgot to take a break. So we'll be taking a break here soon. Uh, we have a call, I believe, coming in. Or at least we were setting up the next guest, I think. So this gives me time to get in our next email. And you can email us. I hope you will. I hope you'll take advantage of this opportunity to spotlight the nonprofit of your choice and give them a little publicity. That's what we're doing here today. And we'll get all this information on our website after the program, upr.org. So you can join us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. Uh, you can join us on the phone at, up, at uh, 1-800-826-1495. And we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. This is Anita who joins us on email, who says, My friend Jamie Thoman has a small nonprofit organization, Itty Bitty Bunting, that provides newborn kits to Logan Regional Hospital. These kits include an out, uh, outfit, blanket, hat, bib, socks, baby soap, and shampoo, etc., and are given to needy mothers who give birth at Logan Regional. Jamie relies on donations and often uses her own money for this project. Money can be given to Jamie as well as items for kits. Please contact her at 435-890-0836 to see what items she's currently in need of. I'll repeat that, and then we'll have that on our website as well. 435-890-0836. This is uh, Itty Bitty Bunting, which provides newborn kits to Logan Regional Hospital. So that, that sounds very worthwhile. Thank you, Anita, for highlighting uh, your friend's organization there. Hope that people will support uh, Itty Bitty Bunting as well. Uh, you can join us uh, by email. Oh, uh, Anita uh, emails back in. P.S. Her name is pronounced Toman. So <laughs> thanks, thanks, Anita, for that. Uh, Anita, uh, her name is uh, pronounced Toman. So Jamie Toman and the organization is Itty Bitty Bunting. We'll have information on our website. So we will take a break next, and we'll be back uh, spotlighting hopefully your favorite uh, nonprofit charitable organization. A lot of good goes on all through the year, and uh, we seem to focus on it maybe a little more this time of year. We're doing that on the program today. More following the break. Long ago and far away, at the darkest time of year, an unlikely series of events occurred. And ever since, Jews the world over have commemorated it with the celebration of Hanukkah. What's it all about? Find out as Candles Burning Brightly explores the background, traditions, and music of one of the most joyous of Jewish holidays. I'm Mindy Ratner. And I'm Bill Morlock. Join us for Candles Burning Brightly from American Public Media. Join us Wednesday afternoon at 2 here on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Cache Valley Center for the Arts, presenting stand-up comedian and regular panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Paula Poundstone, Saturday, January 17th at 7.30 p.m. in the Ellen Eccles Theater. Information at cachearts.org or 435-752-0026. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are highlighting nonprofit uh, groups that do great good in our communities. Uh, we 
tend to think of these groups and think of giving a little more, perhaps, in this holiday season. The need is there year-round. That's something we've emphasized earlier in the program. And we're giving you a chance to spotlight the uh, your favorite nonprofit uh, group or organization that does good in your community. And uh, we have with us in studio uh, Amy Anderson from Sunshine Terrace Foundation and Michelle Welch from Lowe's and Fishes. We have talked with uh, uh, Jeanette Vaught from uh, Utah Food Bank and Beth from Global Village Gifts. Coming up, we'll be talking with a representative from Wabi Sabi in Moab and from the Salt Lake City Mission uh, in Salt Lake City. Uh, so um, you can reach us at 1-800-826-1495. Hope that you will spotlight uh, your favorite uh, organization or perhaps individual. 1-800-826-1495. You can join us by email to upraxis at uh, gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at Utah Public Radio. We uh, have a representative, I believe, from Wabi Sabi in uh, Moab. This is uh, Mel. That's right. Good morning. Okay, good morning, Uh, Mel. Thank you for joining us. So I told my producers, go out and find me some great groups that are doing good in the community. And and I had not been aware of Wabi Sabi. What what does your organization do? Um, Well, our mission is to receive, revalue, and redistribute uh, needed resources here in the Moab community. Um, what we do, and we're working toward visionarily toward a Moab without need, um, what we do is we run two um, retail thrift stores, um, and those uh, receive donations from the community in, the, you know, in material goods, basically. Uh, we sell them, and then we give the profits to our local nonprofits who uh, apply to be partners with us. Um, in addition to giving our proceeds away to those 14 nonprofits every year, we also have a small granting system of about $5,000 a year that we give to startup projects that are going to improve the community. Um, and we run a, a thriving meals program. Uh, most of those meals are served in the winter. What, uh, by the way, Wabi Sabi, where does that come from? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, it's actually the name of a Japanese art form. And the, the art form's main premise is that there's beauty and imperfection. So you'll, uh, they'll make a piece of pottery, and then they'll make sure that they put a crack in it, or, and then they'll fill it with a line of gold filigree. Um, so they took that name when they were envisioning this organization about 10 years ago and decided that there was nothing better for um, a thrift store that was in the business of revaluing and repurposing items for the community. Oh, very, very interesting. That mm-hmm. seems like a very appropriate name. Uh, so uh, how, how can people help? I guess uh, money, what, volunteering, what, uh, donating? Oh, yeah, uh, all those things. You know, we're, we always take donations um, and, and appreciate those, not just uh, ones that are monetary, but then also in, in the form of raw goods, anything that you're trying to get rid of in your home, we'll take it. Um, we also uh, are glad to take volunteers. We've got an amazing volunteer program that we've developed over the last couple of years. And we, we have a full cadre of folks who work in the stores, uh, who help us out in the office, who do technological support. But most importantly, the, the bulk of our volunteers comes for our, um, our meals program. Uh, we run about 2,000 to 3,000 meals a year um, for the larger community. We serve anyone and everyone who is in need of, of a meal and in um, building community together through the breaking of bread. Um, and it, we do Thanksgiving dinner. We just served seven, about 700 meals at Thanksgiving. Uh, that program's growing rapidly. It takes about 100 to uh, 105 volunteers to run that um, for the day. 
not to mention all the community businesses who give us uh, food. We have a lot of restaurants here because we're in the tourist community. Um, and the local growers, um, our farmers, are also amazing about giving us produce. Uh, so there's a, there's a million ways to help Wabi. So uh, how, how best to help? What's the contact point? Uh, that's on our website. So you go to www.wabisabimoab.org. Um, you can donate there. You can write to us. You can ask us any questions about how to assist, and, and we'd be glad to help you out. Uh, we basically just take calls all day long from people in the community who are like, hey, I've got you know, 18 couches <laughs> okay. or, or yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. We, and, and that's our job. Our job is to figure out where the stuff is the communi- in the community and then get it to the people who need it most. So this is Wabi Sabi in Moab. Sounds like you do a lot of good there. And it's uh, wabisabimoab.org. That's right. Well, thanks, Mel. Appreciate that. Okay. Appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're giving you a chance to highlight the organization of your choice. So we just want to keep it nonprofit. There are a lot of uh, people doing good in our communities. That comes to the forefront during this time of year, but we want to keep this going year-round, of course. And so I have with me in studio Amy Anderson from uh, Sunshine Terrace Foundation and Michelle Welch from Lowe's and Fishes. We've talked with Utah Food Bank, Global Village Gifts, and uh, we just talked with uh, Mel from Wabi Sabi. Coming up, we'll have uh, Joe Vasquez from uh, Salt Lake City Mission. Uh, I know, Amy Anderson, you wanted to uh, highlight the Cash Interagency Council. What's that? So the Cash Interagency Council is a loose affiliation of most of the nonprofits here in the Cash Valley. Um, I feel really privileged to be coming in as their chairman for 2015. Um, And we meet monthly on the fourth Wednesday of the month. Next year it will be at noon at Chuckarama. Um, They're providing space for us to meet. But it's a great opportunity for all of us in the nonprofit community to get to know one another, to find out what each of us is doing, and to share resources and ideas and um, really benefit from networking with one another. But just to highlight, I know I'm going to forget some of the agencies, but just to highlight some of the groups that come around that table every month um, for support. Um, Options for Independence, which is a great organization that provides um, not only education, but also materials for people who are who have mobility issues to try to keep them as independent as possible for as long as possible. The Utah Assisted Technology Pro- Program up here on Utah State's campus that similarly helps provide people with the resources that they need. They'll take wheelchairs um, that are donated and, and re fix those up so that they can provide them to people um, at a reduced cost. Logan Regional Hospital, which is probably the biggest nonprofit here in the Valley, um, they provide tremendous service to our community. The Up to Three program at um, Utah State that works with families with children who have have been diagnosed with autism or other early intervention programs that can help them to achieve a full life. Common Ground, which is another big organization here that helps provide activities in the outdoors for people who are less abled. Cash Humane Society, Four Paws, which are both great programs for helping um, the animals here in our community. The Family Resource Center, which is located near Wilson Elementary. They provide education for families. They do parenting classes free of charge. They have activities and crafts and do a a preparation program for kindergarten. Um, The United Way here in town, which also is a great place for for people to get involved and learn more about the needs. Global Villages, who was just on the phone, is one of our members. Um, both the Logan and the Cash um, School Foundations. Uh, there is a gap in giving between what we can collect in taxes and what we can give to students and teachers in need. Uh, my daughter is a teacher, so this is another one of my passions. I can't tell you how many teachers I know that really give from their own pockets to help provide for their classrooms. And so by donating to the, to the school foundations here in the Valley, people can help there. 
um, the Cash Immigration and Resource Center, uh, Nelda Alt, um, has been instrumental in that program. We do have a lot of refugees that come here to Cache Valley to work in some of the lower-paying jobs. And many of those people don't know even how to pay an electric bill, how to negotiate a lease, um, how to just get around on our bus system. And they are a tremendous resource. They're now located up on Utah State University's campus, but they provide a great service to the immigrant community here. Um, Food for families, loaves and fishes, the cash food pantry, all of those places that help address food poverty. The Child and Family Support Center that helps um, families and children um, become better together. Um, somebody's attic here in town that collects money um, through people's donations and resale, and they support many great organizations. Uh, the Neighborhood Nonprofit Housing Corporation, um, the Cache Valley Volunteer Center, which is a tremendous place to go. If you are looking for a place to make a gift, on their website they have a wish list of all the local nonprofits and what they would like, um, and then Habitat for Humanity. So those off the top of my head, I apologize to those that I'm forgetting, um, CAPSA. Um, yeah. Those are all or great organizations here in our valley that come together um, to support one another. And I'd encourage people, find what you're passionate about and, and give. Give of your time, give of your money, give of other resources. Hmm. So uh, where can people go to? Uh, it's uh, Cash Interagency Council? So the the Cash Interagency Council. We do not. We have a Facebook page, okay. which off the top of my head I can't remember. But I'm guessing if you, if you went on to Facebook and put in Cash Interagency Council. Okay, but people great. can also feel free to give me a call. Okay. Um, my number is 435 Five three five five two nine six, and I can direct you to any of those agencies or ask answer any questions you might have about us. Okay, excellent. We do have Joe Vasquez on the line, but before we go to him, uh, Michelle, uh, I guess the opposite danger for what I was talking about before. You hear all those organizations. And that's just in Cache Valley. There are probably others. Uh, the the other danger besides being paralyzed might be to think, uh, wow, there's a lot of great organizations. They're taking care of it. <laughs> and I don't need to do anything. No, and that's not true. I mean, we all we all need the help. Like I said, we're only as good as our volunteers. We're only as we can only serve as much as our as our donations. Um, another way, maybe, um, of giving that maybe people don't realize is to support the, those companies and those agencies that are actually helping these nonprofits. I mean, we get our food from the Cash Community Food Pantry, so even helping them out helps us out. Um, the LDS Bishop Storehouse, Cash Community, um, or the, I can't remember what CCC. Cash Community Connections. Cash Community Connections, which is a group that actually evolved after the 9-11 uh, bombings and, you know, coming together. And, and they actually provide a great community service because they put on uh, concerts, they put on services. Um, you know, also some of the companies that help support Loaves and Fishes like JBS Swift, Cafe Ibis, Schreiber Foods, you know, Lewiston State Bank, going and participating with those kinds of companies helps us mm. as a nonprofit. It's a real, a real community effort. Yes. Uh, we bring in uh, Joe Vasquez now. He, uh, he runs the uh, Salt Lake City Mission. Uh, Joe Vasquez, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm actually the assistant director at the mission. Oh, so, so assistant director of the mission. So, uh, so tell us uh, what what the mission does. Well, um, I, I just actually I just arrived here uh, in June. I'm coming from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I've joined this amazing group of people here in the Salt Lake area. And Salt Lake City Mission is a um, it's a rescue mission, and uh, they focus their efforts on um, obviously. Uh, as a mission, we, we tend to the homeless population. We do a lot of outreaches on the street and uh, in Pioneer Park downtown trying to uh, just go where the folks are and, and, and try and encourage them that there's uh, opportunities to make a lifestyle change if they like. So 
the homeless population. Then, uh, of course, we have a, a fair amount of our, our uh, guests. I, more than a third of them that are coming in are, are veterans. Um, so we have a veterans liaison here that uh, focuses on uh, trying to get them uh, connected to the services that are available for them. Then um, we do quite a bit of work with uh, what we would consider the homeless uh, or the working poor. So they're not people that are homeless per se living out on the street, but they're really struggling and more than half of these folks, I'm sure, are uh, going to many of these other agencies as well where they're trying to keep a roof over their heads and their families. And uh, So we collect things like um, furniture and housewares, uh, blankets, bedding, clothing, uh, pretty much anything that's still serviceable, and we give all of that away free of charge. Last year we gave uh, $2.5 million worth of, of goods back into the community free of charge. We helped about 41,000 individuals with those types of services. So we focus on emergency relief, um, our residential recovery program. We have a long-term uh, recovery program for st- folks struggling with addictions. And, of course, the, the working poor population where we're uh, helping with um, other sustainable goods to try to uh, help them uh, maintain households. And understand this time of year is, is when you raise a lot of your funds. Yes, I, I, I'm sure more than 60, 65% of our annual budget is raised in the, in the last quarter. Uh, thankfully, people are just a lot more sensitive to uh, the time of year. And, uh, you know, we're just one of those agencies that really understands that, you know, um, yes, there are needs. The needs are great, but people should not be hungry in our communities. Our neighbors should not be struggling on putting you know, a, a meal on the table for Christmas Day or for Thanksgiving Day. And uh, so we're doing a, our Season of Hope where we do six events, including two food box giveaways, and then, of course, our community meals and our Christmas uh, dinner as well. So uh, how can people help? They, they can go and volunteer, give money. What uh, What's the best way to help? Yes, well, um, uh, our website is saltlakecitymission.org. And our phone number is 801-355-6310. If folks want to find out opportunities to do volunteer work, they can go to our website and click on the volunteer page, register, and then they would get emails that would tell them all the activities. We're serving the community 365 days a year, uh, like many of these other fine charities. And uh, so volunteers, of course, are, are huge because there's, uh, nine full-time staff here, uh, you know, again, helping these tens of thousands of people. So if it wasn't for volunteers, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd burn ourselves out pretty quickly. But, we, uh, you know, the people here are just um, step up to the plate when they understand there's needs. And then, of course, finances, uh, there's ways to give online. Or uh, if folks uh, would like, uh, we also, we publish the Salt Lake Street News. It's a, we work with the International uh Inspiration Network, which uh, does the uh, street newspapers are in a variety of countries, and so we publish a newspaper that folks can get uh, a subscription to or uh, support it as a in sponsoring it, underwriting it as a business or or uh, you know a, a, an individual family or whatever. But um, that this provides uh, opportunities for the the homeless to actually sell these on the street and. Um, it, it covers issues like homelessness and poverty and 
uh, drug addiction, and and of course all of our publications have listings of how uh, these the people we're trying to reach on where they can access services. Uh, many of these other organizations, you know, because we're not doing all the all the different things that are needed, but they can they can uh, support that type of an effort. Um, and we do collect uh, serviceable goods, anything that's. Yesterday we gave a family a, a washing machine, um, oh, or couches. Yeah. So, so if if they wanted to go to an organization that's going to give it away, you know, to folks that have need, um, that's certainly something else that we do as well. We okay. we have a variety of coat drives and clothing drives and blanket drives and food drives, and so all that's on our website. Uh, folks want to find out more on how to help us, they can either go there or give us a call. Okay, uh, so SaltLakeCityMission dot org, and then uh, give me the phone number again. It is 801-355-6310. 6310. I'm writing it down so that we can put it on our website. Joe Vasquez, Salt Lake City Mission. Thank you so much. Thank you all, and uh, you guys have, all have a great holiday, and uh, appreciate all the work all of the other uh, charitable nonprofits are doing, because it's, you know, as we all work together, um, you know, we are making a difference in our communities. And uh, let me uh, get in. We just have uh, less than a minute left, but uh, Louise has emailed in from uh, Virgin. And so let me just uh, see what's uh, virginriverland.org is the website. Uh, she's wanted to uh, spotlight a wonderful nonprofit, uh, Virgin River Land Preservation Association. So Louise will get that information on the website, and thanks for uh, emailing that in. That's the uh, Virgin River Land Preservation Association at virginriverland.org. So very quickly. A contact point for loaves and fishes? So, loaves and fishes, uh, you can call us at 414-0340 or the Loaves and Fishes Community Meal Facebook page. I would also like to say if, if you want to learn more about your community and you want to understand what the needs of your community are, get out and volunteer. Okay, that's the best way, yes. And a contact point for uh, Sunshine Terrace? Sunshine Terrace can be reached at 435 752 or at sunshineterrace.com. Great. And thanks for listening to Access Utah. Utah writer Gina Wickwar. This winter seems to be going much like the first winter I encountered here in northern Utah. That was the winter of 1988-89, and my husband and I had arrived in the fall from Palo Alto, California, where winter is a subjective state of mind, generally perceived as something a little less warm than, say, mid-August. Everyone there warned us of the terrible winters we were getting ourselves into. This was gravely repeated even by Cache Valley old-timers when we arrived. We were not the least perturbed. We were, after all, old sourdoughs, veterans of many an Alaskan winter, before relocating to the sunny climes of the Golden State. In fact, it didn't snow until Thanksgiving, our first year here. Not one drop of the white stuff graced the dead lawns of Logan until the end of November, though the surrounding mountains were dabbled in it. After turkey and stuffing, we went cross-country skiing, made snowmen, slid down Old Main Hill on cardboard sheets, and generally thought that we were in heaven, breathlessly imploring our college-aged children to come home for a nice white Christmas. Alas, the snow immediately melted. In the next two days, the temperature rose, the brown lawns reappeared, and we were left barren and gray until Christmas Eve. 
On that very day, however, it began snowing like crazy and continued doing so for about the next three months. It was glorious, but I admit, as much as we love snow, the shoveling was a little tedious. We went out immediately the next fall and bought a snowblower. As I said, this trend is similar this year. We had a tremendous blizzard around Thanksgiving that dumped many feet of snow in the mountains, in the streets, on the roads, on the roofs, and in driveways. But all that frozen precipitation has mostly melted. Since Thanksgiving, landscapes have begun to vary between a soggy greenish-brown to a lifeless pallid gray. Trees now have that sickly, leafless twig look, and everyone's gardens and yard plants are shriveled and drooping like spindly stalks of wet straw. There is nothing as mournful as a winter that won't do its wintry thing. But there is hope. On this very radio channel, I have heard tidings of great joy. It appears that a snowstorm of great moment is coming our way. At first, it will consist of rain and snow, 60 to 80 percent chance, which will, with luck and prayers, turn into full-time snow, 30 percent chance. This will rescue us from the bleak, gray-brown days we've had these past several weeks and should make our Christmas deep, white, and fluffy. I have to tell you, though, I probably don't need Rob Gillies and the USU Climatology Lab to give me an official forecast about any impending winter weather. Our snowblower, heaven love it, has a broken fuel line, disabled during this Thanksgiving's really big workout. The repair part is on order. So tell me, really, what are the chances that it won't snow fast and furious before that part comes in? I think you can guess the answer. Have a merry white Christmas, UPR listeners. This is Gina Wickwar. If we miss the joy in Christianity, we are, we are missing the point. Stephen Colbert has called Father James Martin the chaplain of the Colbert Nation. On the next On Being for Christmas, the Jesuit spiritual sensibility and sense of humor behind his beloved books and the theology of Pope Francis. I'm Krista Tippett. Please join us. Sunday night at 8 on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread, located at 300 South and 300 West in Logan, featuring croque madame topped with egg, Swiss cheese cream, a ham broiled to top a thick slice of sourdough. Breakfast menu at crumbbrothers.com. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan.